Turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse number 10. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse number 10. I'm going to read um, four scriptures in your hearing today, and then we're going to get to work and see what God has in store for us. Very popular portion of scripture. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse number 10. Finally, my brethren. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand. Oh, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. You need to understand your enemy is not your brother, your sister. Your enemy is not another saint in the church. Your enemy is not your leadership. Your enemy is not someone in the world. You you don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Your enemy sets in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. In a little bit, I'm going to talk a little bit more about just briefly the whole armor of God, but I want to talk to you with the help of the Lord from this, from this thought tonight. I want everybody here to understand your greatest enemy is not your brother or sister. Your greatest enemy is not what's going on in your body. Your greatest enemy is not the battle you fight is not the battle over your finances. It's not over infirmities or illness. But the greatest battle you'll fight in your life is the one that gets in your head. I don't care how you slice it. If you lose your head, you will lose your walk with God. And so I want, I want you to turn to your neighbor. and I want, I'm going to preach this to you tonight. But I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, don't lose your head. Would you lift your hands and let's lift our voices and let's all pray right now. Can we do that? Jesus, we love you. We thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. God, we feel your spirit already in the sanctuary tonight. We, we prayed before service and your spirit is here. Our hearts are, are right. Our minds are prepared. We're ready to hear your word. We pray, God, that you would speak to this body of believers tonight. That we would all hear what thus saith the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, in Jesus' name, God bless you. Put your hands together before you're seated right now. Hallelujah. God bless you. may be seated tonight. The Apostle Paul writes to the church in Ephesus and tells them to put on the whole armor of God. He says, you are under attack. There is not a person in this room tonight who is not constantly under some sort of attack. And uh, no matter how blessed you are or feel that you are, no matter how accomplished, no matter how healthy, no matter how fruitful that you are, you are, you've either been attacked or you're about to be attacked. I mean, if you've been pretty cool today, everything's been all right. Uh, I don't want to be the bear. Just let me be Mr. Sunshine. You're, you're about to be attacked, okay? Welcome to church. Hallelujah. God says to his people through his apostle, I'm going, I'm going to bless you. But before I bless you, you have to dress for the battle. 
Before I bless you, you have to dress for the battle. Because with every blessing, and I want the saints of God to know, if you don't know already, with every blessing there is a battle. There is not one thing God's going to pour out in your life for the good that the enemy is not going to come after it. And I would venture to say that the greater the blessing, the greater the battle. And the enemy would not send that level of battle against you if it were not for that level of blessing before you. And if it wasn't for the level of battle that you were going to face to be the indicator of the level of blessings you were about to receive, you would not know what's going on. The greater the battle, the greater the blessing. The greater the blessing, the greater the battle. I don't serve a God that just allows us to constantly go through battles and doesn't bless us. I can tell you for every battle, I've been blessed. Does somebody believe that right now? Come on, for every battle you've had, you've been blessed. I've come to realize that no robber in this world will ever rob an empty house. Because there's nothing in there. Why break in to steal what? Because you're stealing nothing. But every robber wants to go into a house where there's what? Where there are valuables. So if you have valuables in your life, that is what the enemy is after. He doesn't break into an empty house. He's saying they ain't got no valuables. So the enemy is after your valuables. So my question to you tonight is what is it? What do you value? What in your life is, is valuable to you. Everybody's under attack. We're all under attack because we know there's something to be gained. And the Apostle Paul says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now I want you to think about that. The wiles of the devil. The antics of the devil. The tactics of the devil. And he says, and I love how he puts it. He says, once you've done all to stand, stand. This has been my frustration for years with the people of God, myself included. Because we get all dressed up and we don't do what the Bible tells us to do. We get all dressed up in the, in the whole armor of God. We put on everything He tells us to put on and then we look for an escape route somewhere. He says, having done all to stand, stand. You listen to me, and I want you to tell the devil this the next time he attacks you. I got all dressed up. I'm not going anywhere. Come on, somebody. I got all dressed up. You listen to me. If I got all dressed up to come to church, I'm going to have me some church. I feel the Holy Ghost. If I put on this tie and I comb my hair and I put on this jacket, I'm not going to come and look pretty. I've come to do battle. Come on, somebody. And if you go through all of that to stand and you do not stand, he didn't ask you to do anything but stand. Turn to your neighbor and say, stand. You got all dressed up, so stand. You, you did not, listen, no child of God puts on his armor to run away. You put on armor because he gave you armor to stand and fight. What's amazing about armor is that armor within itself, armor is not designed to attack. Armor is designed to defend. Bodily armor is not used for attack. Bodily armor is used for defense. 
And, and, and it's not when you can't, the Bible doesn't say when you can't stand anymore, do something else. The Bible doesn't say when you just can't take it anymore, find somewhere else to go. When you can't do it anymore, just find a rock to crawl under. That's not what the Word of God says. What the Word of God says is after you've done everything you can, stand and fight. You hear me right now. There is no option. There is no escape route. There is no better church to go to. There is no better life to live in the world. I wish somebody would help me right now. I did not dress up in this armor to run away from my battle, but to face my battle. Everybody shout stand. It's, it, all, all you do, stand, 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 stand. Do not give place and do not give territory to the devil. I want you to understand, you do not need to evacuate the turf that belongs to you. Do not evacuate the promise that belongs to you. It is not, if the devil has it, it's because you gave it up. Oh, I hope I, hope I can just preach to somebody today. God says, if you're going to hold on to what I've given you, because I have given you some things that you have yet to possess, you have to be willing to stand. Now, I want you to understand something. This is a little side note. The first stand belongs to you. Hear me tonight. When it comes time for a battle, the first stand, everybody say the first stand. The first stand belongs to you. God is willing to see if you'll stand. Mm -hmm. God's willing to see if you will stand. And then the next stand belongs to God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. The Lord says, if you'll stand and fight, I'll stand for you. And if God stands for you, and if God, listen, if God stands for you, that's why the Bible says no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. It's because, sweetheart, when you're standing, you're not standing by yourself. When you're standing, God is standing with you. Do I have any cancer survivors here tonight that knew when they stood up and they said, I'm going to stay in the fight? Come on, somebody. Do I have anybody that's been through marriage trouble? Do I have anybody that's been through a financial hardship in their life that they thought was going to take them and going to kill them and going to break them? But they stood up. And suddenly when they stood up, there was God standing right next to them. And they didn't fight that fight by themselves. You will never battle on your own. You will never fight a battle on your own. But what bothers me is when some people ask God to take a stand for them and they're not willing to stand for themselves. You've got to have an investment in what God wants to give you. Now, Paul takes us through the armor of God. I want to try to just, I don't want to get lost in an amazing Bible study tonight, but Paul gives us six defensive items in the armor of God. Six. Six defensive items. And amazingly, of those six, five are primarily for defense. In Ephesians 6.14, he says, Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. The loins are the reproductive organs. It's where growth, it's where multiplication comes from. And what is needful and necessary to protect ourselves and our families, our future generations, 
is truth. Listen to me. The reproduction of the church, the growth of the church, it's got to be protected by truth. You are not going to grow by letting down. Come on, somebody. You're not going to grow by watering down the truth. There is only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and I will receive you. What I believe is that the church can stand with its loins girt about with truth. I, get, I don't know about you, but I get so weary of everybody. There's people that I know, people that I, that I was raised in this truth with, and they are no longer in the truth, and they sacrificed it all for a big church, and now their big church is not a big church. Their big church is a small church, and they're barely even making it. You know why they're emotionally destitute? You know why they're wrecked? Because they threw away the truth. I want you to hear me right now. If you throw away the truth, my God, I feel the Lord right now. If you throw away the truth, you don't have anything to stand on you got nothing to stand on I don't care what everybody else does I don't care what everybody else says I don't care what group you're in what organization you're in I I just feel like I'm at home right now that's why I'm preaching this way because there is no other way to do you've got to do this the way of truth let, let me tell you why Pastor St. Clair turned to me before I came up here and he said, man, it is hard to believe that we've only been friends for, what was it, two years? Two years. He said, it's hard to believe. Two years. Is that right? Our wives are questioning us. But whatever, we're right because we're always right. So, yeah, April, two years. We've been friends for two years. You know why that it feels like that we've been friends ever since we were kids? Because we both believe the truth. And there's something about the truth. When you're bound in the truth, come on somebody, when you believe the truth, when you live the truth, you are brothers and sisters in Christ. What unites us is the truth. What unites us. I told you I was going to get lost in a Bible study, and I don't want to do this, but, but I, but I got to talk about it because this is where we are, all right? So you got to have your loins, the protection for future generations. My boys are being taught the truth. I'm not going to sacrifice the truth so that my boys can grow up in a bigger church or whatever kind of church or a church that's more relaxed. I'm not going to say they're taught the truth. Having on the breastplate, of righteousness. The breastplate protected the chest. It protected the heart. There is no better protection for your heart than the righteousness of God. There is no better protection for your heart than the righteousness of God. Ephesians 6 and 15. That your feet are shod with the preparation Of the gospel of peace. You know what he was saying? Everywhere you go, your peace is your protection. The Bible says follow peace with all men. Everywhere I go, I must follow peace. My peace. Everybody say my peace. If you listen, wherever you go, if you're a talebearer, if you're a gossiper, everywhere you go, if you're a fight picker, come on, somebody, if you're a pot stirrer, everywhere you go, you are not following peace. But if everywhere you go, you follow peace with all men, peace with your brother, peace with your sister. 
I, let, let me say that I got to add this. So a, a few months ago in our church, I, I got on a Bible study about, I don't know, it was something to do with blessings. And I said, you know what I want this church to do? I want this church, I don't care who you are, I don't care what you've been through, whoever you are with this service is over. Every, every time we come together, I don't want you just to go shake somebody's hand and talk about fishing or shake somebody's hand and talk about hunting. Or sh- I want you to speak blessings into each other's life. What's wrong with that? Why can't we just speak blessings into each other's life? And people started speaking blessings into each other's lives. And you know, I I watch people now and they've drawn closer to each other. And and they're more friendly with each other. And now it's like they can't wait to speak blessings. And then then it's like because I spoke blessings into their life. And then they come back to church next Sunday. Guess what? I got a raise on my job because you spoke blessings into my life. Listen, we have to follow peace with all men and speak blessings into each other's life. That's the protection. Verse 16, above all, take on the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. What keeps me standing when I'm under attack from the enemy? When he's launching every fiery trial, when he's launching every fiery dart and dagger in my direction, I'll tell you what it is, it's my faith. My faith protects me. The biggest problem, the biggest movement, or the biggest problem with our movement today, I believe, is the lack of the belief in the identity of who we are. It's my faith. You either believe it or you don't. You either believe it or you don't. Everywhere I go, I know I'm a child of God. Everywhere I go, I know I believe in one God. Everywhere I go, I know he protects me and my family. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You know what protects me when I'm under attack? My faith. That I have a God that will protect me, that will deliver me no matter what I go through. Come on, somebody. That is my shield of faith. And then we get to the part that I want to talk about right now. We get to the helmet of salvation. Verse 17. Put it up there if you don't mind. Throw it up there. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Now watch. In that one verse, he mentions two things. He mentions a defense and he mentions a weapon. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit watch which is the word of god now here's what's amazing about the sword of the spirit interestingly this one item in the whole outfit of of the armor of god it serves as both a defender and a weapon you can defend yourself with a sword you can block attacks from the enemy With the word of God. You can. The Bible says that it is a two-edged sword. It pierces going in. And it pierces coming out. It defends. And it attacks. This is the power of the spirit. But what about that helmet? What about that piece of truly defensive armor? Now my wife who. Which I'm so glad she's here with me. My beautiful wife. Amazing wife. She has counseled people over the years and, and people that have, have had anxiety and wrestled with depression. And um, she has said so many times 
You need to remember that you have the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation protects the mind. It protects the head. Let me hear a amen from everybody that claims to be saved tonight. If you're saved and you have the helmet of salvation, that protects your mind. Now, how important is it to protect your head? Well, when the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Bible says 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. How do we pull down strongholds? The very next verse. Casting down imaginations. You pull down a strong... You don't... What kind of strongholds are you pulling down? If we, we're not fighting with carnal weapons, we're not talking about carnal things. How do you, how do you pull down a stronghold? You cast down imaginations. And every high thing that exalteth itself, watch, against the knowledge of God. That is the thing that will try to talk your mind out of believing that God's got this. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now watch. Imaginations, knowledge, thoughts. The high things that are coming against you are coming against what? They are coming against what you know about God. Let me give an example. You come to church, you get healed. You know that you are healed. But your symptoms come to convince you that you're not. You know you're free. You should know that you're free. But the enemy comes against you to convince you that you don't have what God has made you, which is free. Now I want you to notice his attacks. You're being fought by imaginations. So many people that I pastored, they're being fought by shadows. They're being fought by ghosts. I'm telling you, there are people in this room right now within the sound of my voice that you lay awake at night and you are attacked by the what ifs. I'm telling you, God sent me here to preach to you tonight. Because you lay in bed and you cannot sleep. You toss and turn because you are attacked by the what ifs in your life. What ifs? Shadows. Ghosts. Things you don't even know if they're even real. You're stressed to death over the what ifs, over the maybes. You are being stabbed all night long by the suppose in your life. Suppose this happened. You lay in bed at night. You're getting beat up, attacked, and tortured by what ifs. And maybes, and suppose, and I think, and I heard, and you wake up in the morning, and you're tired, and I'm going to tell you why. Because even though you slept, you did not rest. Because all night long, you are fighting in your mind. The Bible says that there is a helmet of salvation that will protect your head. Now, now let me get, we're going to get deeper into this. If I got a few minutes, so am I doing good? Okay. Let, let, me, let me show you. Head in the Bible doesn't mean just physical head. 
Head means leadership. Head means government. A head with no leadership is not a head. A, a government with no leadership has no head. And, and the association that the Bible speaks to, most people that I've met, they are living from a heart place and they're not living from a head place. All right, now it's going to get good, okay? Because some people are so engrossed with what the heart feels that they do not think about what the head thinks. We live in a generation and in a culture of feeling. Most people we know today, they're governed by their emotions. They're having a heart. Ex- Here's what's happening, Pastor. We're having a heart experience in a head fight. And that's our problem. We're having a heart experience in a head fight. Now bear with me just a minute, okay? You will never win that battle in your life. You're never going to defeat the devil by telling him how you feel when you should be telling him what you know. You are never going to win the fight if all you do is tell the devil how you feel. You got to tell him what you know. How I feel is I wish the devil wouldn't attack me. But what I know is that I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed beg for bread. Oh, come on, somebody. It's not about how I feel. I may not have felt like coming to church, but what I know is if I show up, God's going to bless me. I didn't feel, come on, somebody. You may not have felt like coming tonight, but you know that if you're here, God's going to bless you. Come on, put your hands together. Put your hands together. You cannot approach the enemy in your life talking about all your feelings. I I, I pastor some people. Hope they're not watching online, but I pastor some people that uh, pastor, they, they talk an awful lot about their about their feelings. Real decisions that move your life along, real decisions, they do not come out of emotions. Real decisions that move your, your life along, they're decisions that come out of your head. Real opportunities that would open up for you, they don't come out of your feelings. And there are so many people in this world today that live out of the abstract. They live from day to day. They base everything on feelings. What they do is on feelings. What they don't do is on feelings. And I, I, I don't know. I'm just not. I've had people say, well, I, just, I don't know. You ask them to do something. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not really feeling it today. I just don't really feel it. I've asked people to serve in areas and they're like, well, let me pray about it. I'm asking you to serve. You got to pray. Is God going to tell you not to serve? I'm not asking you to preach. I'm asking you to serve and you want to pray about it. Okay. Well, I, I mean, really? But the reason why they have to do that is because it's how do I feel? How do I feel? Do, do I feel like serving? Do I feel like, you know, I'm not in the mood for this. I can't handle this. I'm not going to do this. But I want you to understand that every time that you turn down an opportunity because of your feelings, you are turning down an opportunity to be blessed. Every time. A person that functions without the head or their head is a person that functions without government. And that person moves through life Missing great opportunities because they're driven by emotions. 
They forfeit what God wants to give them because of how they feel. When God did not promise you that your feelings would line up, God never said your feelings are going to line up with the facts. Sometimes, most times, my feelings do not line up with the facts. That's what I have to learn. And how many people live a headless life because they're not separating how they feel from what they know? Okay, so we're going we're gonna to dive in right here. Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 7. Isn't this what God told Cain? Genesis chapter 4 and verse 7. This is what God told Cain. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? If thou doest not well, sin lies at the door. Why are you jealous of Abel? God said, if you do well, Will I not receive you? Here's what God was telling Cain. I'm not against you, Cain. I'm against what you did. You have to understand, church, God is not against you when you mess up. God is against what you did. But just like he told Cain, if you fix it, oh, come on, somebody. If you fix it, I will receive you if you do well won't you be accepted if you do well won't you won't I receive you I will bless you like I bless everybody else but you got to get your heart out of the way of your head and I'm going to move you forward now now I'm going to tell you that's a culture shock to some people because everything that a lot of people get in their lives they've all gotten it out of their feelings your feelings will mess you up. Your, Cain's feelings is what messed him up. He wants to, the devil wants to send your thoughts into panic mode so that you will digress mentally, neglect the leadership that the rest of your body and your life needs. And, and it comes down to a battle in your life between facts and feelings. When Jesus tempted Excuse me, when, when Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he did, not, he did not tempt him because he was prepared for the facts to be thrown at him. He tempted him on his feelings. You feeling hungry? You feel, you, you feel, how you feel, Jesus? How you feel? The temptation did not... But every time that the enemy tempted Jesus in the wilderness... Jesus always responded with, it is written. You know why? Because it is written as facts. I wonder what some of you would achieve in your life if when the devil comes to tell you all that you're going to lose, if you would respond to him with, it is written. What would happen if somebody in this house always responded to the enemy? Well, it is written. Come on, somebody. Man shall not live by bread alone. So you're trying to, you're trying to kill me because of my feeling, my emotion, my hunger. But I'm telling you, but man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I'm telling you, when I fight, listen, when I fight the enemy with facts instead of feelings, I win the battle every time. Because the devil cannot stand, your adversary cannot stand against the facts in your life. The facts are, I should have been dead. The facts are, I should be dead right now. That's the, that, come on somebody. But Jesus Christ, Christ saved my life. 
Do I have anybody here tonight that's alive because of the facts? Come on, do I have anybody here delivered tonight because of the facts? I'm not going to waste time with this. But I got out of a four-day hospital stint with, a, with an infection that t- attacked my head and my brain. And they said 24 hours later, if you'd have waited, you would have went septic and that would have been it. You listen to me. I don't care what the devil says to me from here on out. Here's what I know. The facts are I'm still alive. The facts are I'm still walking. The, f- the facts are I'm still breathing. I want somebody to put their hands together. And I want you to shout Hallelujah. I'm preaching to you tonight that whatever you do, First Pentecostal Church, don't lose your head. Keep your head in the fight. Keep the salvation on your head. And attack the enemy with facts about your life. How many former drug addicts are here? How many former alcoholics are here? How many people that the devil should have killed you, would have killed you, could have killed you, but instead you stand here right now as a testimony that my feelings don't govern me. My feelings don't determine whether or not I come to church, but the facts are saying I'm still here. The facts are saying I'm still alive. That's the helmet of salvation that you put on your head. Come on. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Pastor, I'm going to tell you something. One day, I'm going to preach a message and I'm going to call it, If I Was the Devil. Because if I was the devil, here's what I'd do. If I was the devil, I would keep you depressed so that you'd never get out of bed. If I was the devil, I'd keep you feeling so uh, so insecure about your life and your ministry and what God has called you to do that you'd never want to come to church. If I was the devil, I would always make you come to church and I would make you look at somebody across the church and think that that person's got a problem with you and that person doesn't want to talk to you. If I was the devil, I would turn you against your leadership and I would make you think that your pastor's got a problem with you. If I was the devil, that's what I'd do. Why? Because he knows that if your mind isn't right, your life's not going to be right. He knows that if your head is not in the game, if your head is not living for God, the rest of your body will not be living for God. I made a decision to live for God when I was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And since that day, I have never changed my mind. And attacks have come. Attacks have come against me. They've come against my family. They've come against our church. But do you know why we're still here? Because the feelings say we should run and hide. The feelings say we should give up and try something else. But the facts say, oh come on. The facts say that I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed beg for bread. I have... I, I, I want to share something with you, and I'm, I'm trying to hurry. I want to share something with you. Psalms 23 and 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Can I tell you right now that your cup that you're holding is only catching what's running over your head? So if your head is in the right place and the anointing flows over your head, your cup is catching the overflow that's falling on your head. You have to keep your head. 
you got to keep your head. 1 Samuel 3 and 1, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no, there was no open vision. Now here's what was happening. Eli was living, but he was losing his head. Vision comes from your head. Word is spoken from your mouth, which is from your head. The word was scarce. The vision was dim. The kingdom was collapsing because of what was lacking in the head. It destroyed the success of the kingdom because of what was lacking in the head. Of the priesthood and the sanctity of the ministry, the ministry was headless. Sexuality was running amok. Hophni and Phineas were running through women like fox in a hen house. Why? Because the place was headless. And here's the problem. Eli wasn't strong enough to chasten his own sons because he was following his emotions and not his head. And I want you to follow me here. He withstood the news about the attack from the Philistines. He could withstand that news. But when he heard that the ark was gone, his head could not handle that news. And the Bible says that he fell backwards and lost his head. He broke his neck. When he broke his neck, he lost his head. And if you, if you read in the Bible, the, the, the shift happened to Samuel because Eli lost his head. Now watch. When they told him the ark had been taken, he could not stand that kind of news. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 4 and 18, and it came to pass when he made mention of the ark that he fell from off his seat backwards by the side of the gate and his neck break. Here's what happened. That little piece of government, his head came off. Now, now bear with me here. It, it fell off. And, and see, here's what we've come to learn. Whenever you see the head come off, there is a shift in authority. And here's what I need to preach to you tonight. We do not be, need to be so busy trying to keep up and led by our feelings in our life that we forget how important that our head is. My God, I don't care what it costs you, you need to keep your head. It doesn't matter how many followers you have on Instagram, you got followers, you don't have friends. I'm not here to impress anybody, but what I'm here to do is keep my head. I'm not going to let social media lead me astray because I got to keep my head. I got to keep my head. I got to keep my head. Come on, somebody. I got to keep my head. Come on, I want you to clap your hands and love him. Come on, God's about to speak to somebody right now. When you're led by your emotions, you are leading with your heart and not your head. Can I tell you something? You cannot cry your way out of a problem. Insanity is the definition of doing the same thing over and over and over again. I don't believe we need to do the same thing over and over again. Why do we always do what doesn't work? <laughs> Listen, if flipping out on him or her doesn't work, then why are you still doing it? <laughs> I mean, think about it. You've got to change strategies. We, here's what I've learned. We are loyal to ineffectiveness, but we only date effectiveness. 
We are loyal to ineffectiveness. People just continue to do things that just don't work. At some point in your life, you've got to show up to church and say, I've been doing the same thing over and over again, and it ain't working. So i got to change my strategy. I'm not going to be led by my emotions anymore. I would to God that some people would come to church and say, it doesn't matter if anybody shakes my hand or not. I'm going to worship God. It doesn't matter what I've been through today. It doesn't matter if the pastor knows what's wrong with me or not. I have come to worship God. It doesn't matter what the choir sings. It doesn't matter what the praise team sings. I just came to worship God. Change strategies. Stop being loyal to things you know do not work in your life. Take up the helmet of salvation and put it on. The glory comes upon the head. If there's no head, there's no glory. The glory only falls on a clear head. So again, if I was the devil, I would keep your head foggy. If I was the devil, I, and I'm t- that's the reason why I said before I started preaching tonight, the reason why I said that everybody in our movement needs to hear this, because how unified, how powerful would our movement be? What, how powerful would our district be? How, how powerful would our camp meetings be if everybody just stopped going off of emotion and started thinking with their head? The reason why I'm in this is because God saved me. I was a sinner, and he saved me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. All my sins are washed away. I don't owe anybody anything, but I owe God everything. Come on, I wish you would put your hands together right now. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Keep your head. I'm not here to impress a politician. I'm not here to impress anybody. I'm here every Sunday and every Wednesday to impress the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There was a shift came. John the Baptist. John the Baptist. John the Baptist. He was in jail. Okay? He was in prison. And he was the one that was preaching repentance, right? And he was the one that everybody was following him. Everybody was following him. And they were getting baptized unto John. And John was paving the way. John said, it's not about me. He said, there's one coming that's greater than me. There's one coming that's mightier than I. And do you know when that leadership changed? You know when they went from John to Jesus? When they cut John's head off. When John lost his head, there was a shift in that transition. And then Jesus knew. Right then, Jesus, that's that's when it was all about him. It was all about him. There was a shift in power. And he said, because here's why. John said, I've got to decrease so he can increase. He has got to become my head. So they took Jesus to Pilate. Pilate asked Jesus, are you the head of the Jews? Jesus said, thou sayest. He even put a sign up. They tried to make Pilate take that sign down. King of the Jews. Pilate said, what I have spoken, I have spoken. I'm not taking it down. He's, he says he's the head. This commoner son, he's the king of the Jews. So they took the head of the Jews, Jesus, to the head of the mountain, Golgotha. The place of the skull. They, had, they took the head to a head. <laughs> and told his disciples, I got, I got to go away. Don't preach yet. And as he ascended up, the disciples, the body was looking up. And the angel said, why stand here gazing into heaven? Why are you looking into heaven? At this head. He said, this same head will come again in like manner. And on the day of Pentecost, because here comes the shift. 
Devil, you should have killed me when you had the chance because now I'm getting my head back. And Jesus said, have you not read in Scripture? The stone which is the builders, which the builders rejected is become the head of the corner. This is the stone, come on, Peter said, which was set it not of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Unto you therefore which believe, this is precious. But unto him that would be disobedient, the stone which is of the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. I've come to preach to somebody today that if you want the head of your life, you put on the helmet of salvation and you keep Jesus as the head of your life and you are going to win every battle that the devil throws your way. You will not ever be defeated as long as he is your head and you protect your head. The helmet of salvation, the word, come on somebody, the sword of the spirit. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Whatever you're struggling with in this house today, I want everybody to stand with me right now. Lift your hands. Come on. Lift your hands right now. Everybody stand with me. Lift your hands. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There is so much struggle that we go through, and it's because we do not have the helmet of salvation on our heads. Come on. I feel stuff moving in the Spirit right now. In the name of Jesus, I've been through so much in my life. You've been through so much in your life. You have so many questions and so many problems and so many things that are happening and so many events in your life but you have been challenged around every corner and the devil's got you thinking that you're just somebody that is insignificant and has no value but the devil is a liar today the devil is a liar today I have to keep my head I have to remember that Jesus paid it all so that I could slip that helmet over my head and protect my mind and protect my spirit and protect my heart and what I'm believing right now is going to happen in this house is somebody in this place is going to realize who they are in God and the anointing of the Holy Ghost is going to fall on your life tonight I want the musicians to come and fall on your life like you never imagined on a Wednesday night You stay awake at night because the enemy is trying to attack you with your feelings. The enemy is trying to destroy you with your feelings. And you need to understand that God needs you to keep your head in the game if he's going to bless you. I want everybody to come to this altar right now. Come on, everybody come to this altar right now. Come lifting your hands to heaven and I want us to worship the Lord because God's going to deal with some folks here tonight. Come on, I want us to come. I want us to come praying. I want us to come worshiping. I want us to come praying. I want us to come worshiping right now. Jesus, help me not to lose my head in this generation. God, help me not to lose my head in this fight. God, help me not to give up. Some of you here tonight, nobody knows this, but you're about to quit. You're about to give up. You're about to walk away on God. You're about to turn your back on God. It's because you're being led by your feelings. And the devil's attacking your feelings. And the devil's making you feel like and nobody in the church cares about you. Nobody in the church cares about you. Come on, apostolics. I want us to pray right now. Nobody in my family cares about me. Nobody in my life cares about me. But 
God has brought you here tonight to tell you to start remembering the things that He has spoken to you through the years. Somebody here tonight is standing on a promise that God gave them years ago and you've not seen it come to flourishing. But the promise is still there. I'm going to tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Somebody's battled sickness so long you've forgotten about the promise that God gave you that He would heal you. And you're allowing your feelings to erase what's in your head. And God's telling you that He's ready to heal your body if you'll start making this a head fight and not a feeling fight. Can I say something in the Holy Ghost? Just, just, I just feel this so strongly right now. We are, I'm not trying to be quippy. I'm not trying to say Instagram or Facebook worthy sayings. That's not what I'm telling you. This, this is real right now. And, and there are people in this place tonight. God bless your heart. You wrestle with things that you should release. You have a hold of things that you should let go and give it over to God. Things that have happened to you things that you have been through you've got to stop wrestling stand turn it over to God and watch God heal your body watch God answer your prayer I want you to lift your hands right now everybody don't think about your neighbor don't think about what's going on on the platform and I want you just to pray right now can you do that can you just pray right now God I need you to release what it is I'm struggling with in my life right now. Come on. Come on, folks. Come on. Come on. God, I want your healing. God, I need your healing power. In the name of Jesus. I am who you say I am. What would happen on a Wednesday night if somebody walked out with their healing, walked out with their miracle, walked out being filled with the Holy Ghost? What would happen? Because I tell you, if you go by your feelings, it won't happen. But if you go by facts, it can happen. If you go by facts, it can happen. Come on, pray, 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 pray. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Turn it over to God right now. Turn it over to God right now. Lord, you have told me.